Yummy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. This is Stephanie March, and I am here today with Ms. Meredith Deeds. Yes. And uh, we are just kind of hanging out on this gorgeous Saturday and figuring out what to cook, what to eat, what to play, what to do, all right. sorts of stuff. Right. Yeah, we are actually... We got all kinds of ideas. Yeah, there's like... <laughs> I, I love it because then I, I love coming and especially being like, I haven't seen Meredith in a couple months. Yeah, it's been a while. And I sort of feel like, okay, what am I going to what am I gonna be inspired to cook today? And for me, the answer is grated tomatoes. <laughs> yes. I think that is what's happening. Oh, yeah. I'm actually going to cook dinner for uh, the kid, uh, the birthday kid, the girl tonight and her fiancé. And um, here's the deal. I'm doing a pork. Uh, I think I'm going to try to do a pork shoulder for tacos. In your Instant Pot? <laughs> but no. Here's the deal. Do you think I can get a small pork shoulder done in four hours? Sure. Okay. What do you think? I'm going at 325? Well, here's the thing. No. 275? Cut it up into chunks. Oh, ahead of time. To do it. You don't have to do it all then in one piece. Oh. Yeah, it takes less Sometimes time. Sometimes it's like the genius that you're like, <laughs> duh. That sounds really, of course, that's a really great idea. Yeah, just cut it into chunks. And because you're going to shred it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Actually, what I do, I brown it in a piece, one whole piece, and then cut it into chunks. Because if you brown it in little chunks, um, I find sometimes they get, t- they, the toughness never really goes away. Yeah. You know, it gets still sort of, you get that stringy yeah. hardness sometimes. So I brown it in a, in a in one piece and then let it cool for a minute and then cut it into chunks. And so it's got some of that brownness and all that good flavor. Yeah. And then braise it. Okay. It takes less time. Okay. This is good. Um, okay. So let's talk about the fact that this is time for top two in hour two. Give him the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now the Weekly Dish presents top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In our two. All right. Give me two. Winning, winning, winning. All right. Well, these are the time of the show that we talk about two things that we are sort of mildly obsessed with. We've been thinking about. They're kind of in our brains this week. So why don't you go? What's your first one? All right. Okay. Have you heard of spicy chili crisp? <laughs> no. Okay. The cult of spicy chili crisp is real. It is a sauce that is, um, it's a Chinese sauce. It's got chilies and peppercorns and spices in it. It's sort of a chili oil sauce, but it's got all these, you know, chili flakes and whatnot in it. But here's what makes it incredible. It's also got roasted soy nuts and fried onions and fried garlic. It is a incredible condiment that I put on everything this week that would stand still. Really? I slathered them in this condiment. It is so good. They sell it in uh, like an eight ounce jar and it serves like four servings in one ounce because you just eat so much you of it. You eat so much of it. It. Is, it is really good. And it has been um, building in like popularity. It's in China. It's it's one of the most popular sauces. It sells this little grandma that in, that invented it and bottled it is a self-made billionaire in China. And, <laughs> and so, she's on the label. And she is on the label. They, you can get it, I'm sure, at most Asian markets and also on Amazon. Wow. But I put it on like my avocado toast. Yeah. I put it, if I'm making a, one of my tomato sandwiches, which I make every day. Oh my God. <laughs> the toast, the mayo, and then this chili, this, this spicy chili crisp, eggs, anything that you eat. I mean, ice cream. People yeah. put it on ice cream. It's it's so good. Uh, this is you have amazing. To order it now, yeah, it's called, and you can see it says Lao Gan, uh, yes. Lao Gan Ma, and that is, I think, the person uh, started making and selling it in 1997. 
Um, if you Google it, you will see all kinds of I'm articles. I'm going to put this article by Taste, which is called Taste yes. Cooking Cult. Yep, Spicy real. Chili Crisp is real. And it's like, Serious oh my God. Eats has a good one too. They also have a, have a recipe where you can make your own. <gasps> oh my God. The godmother pictured on the jar was a widow when she opened a noodle shop in the Guizhou to support her family. She right. began bottling the sauces and quickly became one of the richest self-made billionaires in China. Right? I am down for this sauce. No, it is so good and I insist that you go okay. right over to... You know what I'm really bummed by? The teens were at United Noodle last night and they oh, probably would have gotten it. But when you get it, don't just get one bottle. Okay. Get many bottles. Get many bottles. Because honestly, I, I've... I got it a couple of days ago, and I'm already through almost all of it. Okay. Well, because I made some sesame oil, you know, some spicy sesame oil, but this looks like this has more guts yeah, so to it. So here's the thing about it. It is spicy, but not in the... Because it has all these other things in it. Yeah, the peanuts is It isn't is in key. the intensity. So I can put like a tablespoon of this on a sandwich yeah. and love it. Last night, I made I made lamb burgers yeah. last night. Oh, yeah. I put a, I put this on it and um, it was so good and you can use a lot of it at a time because it isn't that sort of... Yeah. So if you're worried about it being too hot, don't worry. Um, buy some and taste it and you'll see how you can, you know, d- determine for yourself what amount. But what for amount? me, like a serving... But is don't like be scared of, of it. Don't be scared of it. That's the thing. A lot of things that look like this are wildly hot this isn't this is specifically this, lao gan ma lao gan ma okay spicy chili crisp i like the name that, that there's crisp in the name yes because it's crispy it has this it's like a crunch texture oh yes. i can't wait I'm oh it's get so good okay good all right so that was your first one yes. i'm very excited for it now you. um the first one i'm going to talk about is there's a new york times article out where um they it's a beautiful article and i just kind of loved it it's called uh, The Road Trip to the Fiberglass Frontier of Northern Wisconsin. And it was this wonderful... Normally, you know, the New York Times tends to bug me. Anytime a New Yorker decides to discover our land and our oh, peoples, yeah. it bugs me. Grape because, salad. Yeah. Oh, that's all we need to it's say even grape salad. <laughs> grape salad, but it's like they're like, oh my God, there are things here that people right. should... You know, like, oh my God, these people eat food. And you're like, yes. Shocking. Our corn is amazing. And we're not just and idiots. Things, yeah. Yes, and good. so one of the things that... But this guy, Robert Simonson, is a Wisconsin boy by nature. He grew up in Eagle and, you know, he's like a guy who's just, he, uh, he, you know, like, which is by kind of by Milwaukee, but he's a guy who like obviously came back for family reunion. He has his kid and his dad on this road trip and they're doing the trail to find like, you know, the, what they call the muffler men, the, the fiberglass statues, you know, like all like the pub oh. onions everywhere and like, <laughs> you know, the, the muskies and everything sure. else. So, and you can't call it Paul Bunyan when it's in Wisconsin. Let's just be clear about that. They call it Lumberjack Man. Oh, but uh, Larry that. the Lumberjack in Wabend. Uh, but the thing is, is like, it's kind of a beautiful, touching. Uh, if you have any Wisconsin, you know, thing, if you, some mm-hmm. of us I know are just fully in our little beautiful state of Minnesota, but you know, I went to school in Wisconsin and I used to live there when I was a little kid, but there's a connection. Yeah. And I just, I, I totally get it. And there's something really great about talking about the cottages up in Manaqua and you know, he does get into the door County fish boil thing a little bit and sister Bay and the goats on the roof. And there's, it's a, it's really well done. So Excellent. I just I, think I, if you and the layman supper club, which again, if you don't, it's in race lake if you have never if you've always thought like oh i should go i should know what this whole supper club thing is all about go to layman's 
Like, it's really something that is something special. And there's there's nothing like it in the whole country. Exactly. I that's love the that thing. stuff. Like, I love all that and stuff. And that's why I'm glad he's just, like, that to me is, like, worth mentioning. And right. with reverence, not like, oh, my God, there's this. It's already in his DNA, and he's just sharing it. That's the difference. Excellent. So there it is. New York Times. I'm going to put a link up to it called Road to the Firebird Glass Frontier. And I do love those stupid things. There's a big giant mouse in Nielsville. That was like where they they had a cheese pavilion at the World's Fair in like 1939, and it was this giant mouse was part of it. It's and I drove by it going to college every it's every a year. Roadside attraction, amazing. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I love it. Okay, what's your second one? Okay, I on the way back from Boston watched um, a wonderful documentary uh, called The Biggest Little Farm. Yeah. And it was in theaters. It still is, I think, in a few theaters, but it is on August 20th, um, coming up on Amazon Prime. And you all have to see it. It is an, it's a delightful story about this city couple who, um, adopt a dog and the husband is a nature, um, he's a, uh, not a photographer, but a, um, does documentaries yeah. on nature films. Yeah. And so he, um, they got this dog and the dog barked all the time and they got kicked out of their apartment and they didn't know what they were going to do. They didn't want to give, you know, get rid of the dog. So they decided to fulfill this dream they had of owning a farm and um, make, doing it the old fashioned way, like literally doing it the old fashioned way. And he documents this process of buying this land that really is, you know, it was a farm, but it, it's it's got a lot of work to be done yeah. to make it a farm again and how they just transform it and how clever they had to be to find solutions like they have um they have a, a big snail problem there all the snails are eating all their fruit on their trees and so they also have ducks and so they figured out you know what ducks like snails so they release all the ducks into the you know and yeah but it's this process of discovering how nature works together yeah they um they had coyotes and they were an issue with their chickens but they the coyotes ended up helping them with other problems <laughs> yeah. so any, anyways it's it's just a beautiful where done, is the farm it's in oh, do you remember that's okay if you don't i just was it's in california oh, okay. it's actually i think it's like in the um I think it's like in the not in the Bay Area, but yeah. generally yeah, in that, in that yeah uh, in Growing that region. basket yeah the, that, the of, bountiful cupboard that's right of yeah. California and it's really just a lovely story he films it I think himself yeah so, he must. and he did it from before they owned it to all the way through the woman was a private chef so she was so all there. about growing things and just it's just really a beautiful little story if you want to really look into what like that kind of farming can happen yes. and how that can be exactly and what know? it takes and what it takes and and it's hard yeah i mean it's hard there's a lot of discouraging moments for them all the way along but it's interesting to find how they found unique solutions to each one and how nature works together that's so good okay i have one more before we go, go. um so you know those uh you know those little when you get a six pack of beer or a four pack of beer the cans, they have those weird little plastic things on top. You know, there's no longer like the loopy things, They're those hard plastic tops that kind of grip the top of the can. Yes. Well, those are called Pack Tech for some, that's what those are called. Okay. You know, they're all different cover, colors and a lot of people use them. Um, you know that they are not recyclable in Minnesota. A lot of people don't know that. I did not know that. They, it is, there's something with the sorting that is not, and I throw them into my recycling all the time and I did not realize they're not getting recycled. Okay. So this is a thing. Um, that we wanted to highlight because Able Brewing 
is actually offering free beer if you bring in five or more of those pack tech carriers, four or six pack tech carriers, to our tap room, we'll buy you a beer. Oh. Like they're gonna do it. They're. Pro- I don't know if it means like they're gonna be sending them somewhere, uh, but they're 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 gonna recycle them. They're gonna have a way to recycle them. Um, maybe they're gonna use them. And they're but they're basically a sorting issue, and they're gonna uh, skirting the sorting process and get the plastic reused. So they're gonna be reusing them themselves. Excellent. So bring them into Able Brewing, and you, if you bring five of them, then they'll give you a free beer. That's great. Isn't that a good one? Absolutely. I think that's great. So it's and then um, and then Lagersmith will arrange a large drop at our local recycling center. So that's it. Good. So there, there you go. Those are our top two in hour two. We're going to put some links up. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the not Minnesota State Fairs. We'll be right back.